0: to honor the love letter to the unexplained. My name is Keith, joining me as always is Joe. Hello. And this evening we are going to discuss one of the most controversial pieces of evidence within the Bigfoot community, the Patterson-Gimlin footage. Um, This has recently popped back up um, on Reddit because there is some really interesting footage that's been stabilized. Well, it's the same footage, but it's been stabilized of cleaned up to show a lot of detail that was not available to us in the past, so we figured it would be a nice deep dive into this quite honestly legendary piece of film.
1: Yeah, I think this is a fun little episode. Um, I, I know we're going to do multiverse part three, and we will do multiverse part three, but this did recently come across. I, you know, I came across sn and then we just kind of decided like, this would be fun to talk about. We don't we talk about Bigfoot. I don't know how far we've gone to the Patterson-Gimlin film itself, um, and that's why I think this is a good time to talk about it.
0: Yeah, I mean we we've kind of brought it up here and there, but we've never done a deep dive on it. Um, and like I said, it's it's very controversial within the Bigfoot community. Um, some people look at it as the absolute gospel best piece of evidence that has ever been gleaned for bigfoot and then some people you know they they like to look at it as it's just a very elaborate hoax that was pulled off so i think like you said it's going to be really interesting to kind of look at all aspects of it and then really discuss the like i said the details that are coming from this new stabilized version of the footage so i'm really excited about it
1: i am as well this is uh like i said it's one of the most important this is the holy grail of bigfoot footage this is this is one of the few pieces of bigfoot footage that is yet to be fully debunked beyond a reasonable doubt which i think makes it that much more incredible um but this film what's what's crazy about this film is it's last the test of time it is almost 60 years old we're talking 56 years old it was shot in 1967 so crazy crazy old.
0: yeah and with that i mean just a little bit of background on the film itself it's so this was filmed in 1967 as you said in northern california um along a bluff creek basically a tributary of the klamath river ar- around a uh, 25 logging mile road um i'm not sure what logging miles means um I don't know, anyways. But yeah, so um, yeah, it's just really interesting because it's first off in a very notorious hot spot for Bigfoot Sasquatch activity. So in my mind, that already lends lends quite a bit of credence to it. Now, the, the gentlemen who are responsible for this were Roger Patterson were Roger Patterson and then Robert Pop. Oh, my god, on number words. The filmmakers of this film were Roger Patterson and Robert Bob Gimlin. Now, both of them, I believe, are passed away now, if I'm remembering correctly. I know that uh, I'm pretty sure Patterson passed away long, long ago. Um, But yeah, it's interesting because Patterson kind of got into the idea of Bigfoot um, just randomly by reading an article about the creature by a person named Ivan T. Sanderson in a uh, true magazine and yeah this just kind of sets the stage for they were just visiting around that area whenever they came across this like i said this notorious creature and luckily they were able to capture this footage
1: you know believe it or not that old son bitch bob Gimlin's still alive he's 91 years old as in of time of recording
0: wow is he really okay thought yeah. I, I thought he passed away too but yeah that's crazy uh, that dirty
1: old bastard's still kicking. Um, so that's pretty nuts, right? Um, he's still alive. Obviously Patterson died uh, of cancer, you know, That's and he was young, he was just under 40, just sad. But, yeah, in the early 60s, they, uh, Patterson gets inspired by Bigfoot, goes out to California around Bluff Creek, and... That's just everything goes nuts for me. Uh, so we'll get into more background, but I just want to talk about Bigfoot um, itself. This is, I think, the best footage of Bigfoot ever, outside of having a carcass. Um, it is. Plain as day, you could see something walking through. It even turns its whole body to look back as it's walking, swings its arms. You know, the famous big foot walk. Wow. I think that is incredible. Like, oh, when I first saw that as a kid, not only did it scare me, it fascinated me. So much. Um, and still to this day I'm very much like I can't tell if this is fake. Or
0: yeah, this was one of the first pieces of cryptid evidence that I had ever seen as well, and I mean, every, I'm sure that everybody has seen this, whether they know it is the Patterson-Gimlin film or not. It's, it, I mean, this this film is notorious. Like, like you said, it's the it's where everybody got the the concept of how Bigfoot moves, how it looks, how it reacts to humans. Just you know, that's really where a lot of basis of information comes from um of what we know of these creatures so there's tons and tons of information that was gleaned from this and then further verified by i'm not even sure what they're called are they called bigfootologists or they're just cryptozoologists aren't they i know some of them like to give themselves a more grandiose title but yeah um cryptozoologists have i mean they've looked at this and they've said they're like wow it it's that's crazy because that's how an upright gorilla would walk basically like if it was like bipedal that's how a gorilla would walk like just the way that its arms are long and swaying and just yeah it's super unnatural now of course there's obviously going to be people who look at this like that's a guy in a suit okay fine whatever like you know most of those people you're not going to be able to convince them that Bigfoot standing right behind him, If Bigfoot standing right behind him. They're like, no, oh, no, no, it's not real. But the interesting thing for me is how, the, first off, the way that it moves, the way that it walks, people don't walk that way. Like even if you're trying to make it look something like it's something mysterious or anything, you would think that it, the walk or the gate would be more exaggerated to make it feel inhuman whereas this feels it feels weird because if you look at it and you're like in my mind i'm seeing something that's monkey-like but it's moving like a human what the hell am i looking at it's it's just strange and like i said this is the first piece of evidence that i'd ever saw in as well and it just set my mind ablaze it's like oh my god if this thing's real like what else is out there and that i can really attribute this film to setting setting my heart on fire for my love of cryptids and cryptozoology.
1: Yeah, for me too, this is like, this was the the catalyst for me of like, I believe in Bigfoot, I think Bigfoot exists. Um, This is like, this film is probably the most integral piece, and like, we've said this a bunch of times already, but I can't stress enough, this is the most integral piece of um, Cryptozoological media. This is the most um, important piece of evidence outside of having a body. Outside of having Bigfoot's body right there. Um, so let's talk about the encounter. Because the encounter is really interesting. So obviously, Patterson, you know, he's doing his whole thing. He actually decided to. Believe. Well, oh, he didn't move there, but he spent a lot of time in California after this. After he saw that article in True obviously. But let's talk about what happened in 1967, October 20th, to be exact. It was a Friday Let's see, is October 20th a Friday this year? I'm not. Is is October 20th a
0: Friday this year? That'd be sweet. Pretty sure that's my Oh uh, my god it
1: is
0: my wedding anniversary.
1: Look at that, so October of this year, we have a Friday the 13th, which means that there's a Friday the 20th. Uh, so maybe on Friday, October 20th of 2023, if we go to Bluff Creek between 1.15 and 1.40pm, 1 us too will find the Bigfoot. So that's about yeah. the time the Bigfoot sightings
0: come. Or maybe we'll run across that, uh, that one clown, Coyote Peterson or whatever.
1: Oh yeah. He'll be planting a, a fucking... He'll just plant another fucking skull somewhere. What are those pla... Weren't there plaster or something like something?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure what happened with that. If you're not sure what this is talking about, Coyote Peterson was talking about how he found a Bigfoot skull and he was going to smuggle it from Canada down to the States. And... It all turned out to be bullshit once people started pointing out. They're like, um, you could totally buy that skull here and it's made out of like plaster. And he's like, oh, I was actually just kidding. Ha ha ha. Yeah, okay. Yeah, lol, lol guys, sorry.
1: But yeah, uh, October 20th, 1967, between 1 15 and 1 four pm, they encountered the creature. Now, what's nice about this is. They spot the figure behind me, a log jam almost as simultaneously as they turn a corner. So it was either crouching beside the creek to the left or was standing there on the opposite bank. Now, Gimlin himself described himself as being in a state of shock at seeing this figure, and I have to agree, I'd be in shock as well. You know, face to face with it, but how would you react if you were face to face with me?
0: So that's something that. That often plays in my mind because I had that experience where my dad and I found footprints that made no sense around our home. And one of those footprints was right outside my downstairs living room window. And if you remember, I think I talked about this experience when we found those prints the next day. I heard something outside, like the way that animals clear their nasal passages to get a smell of something like deer do. I heard something outside that night before. So, blows my mind that I could have potentially looked out this window and I could have saw something that was completely mind-shattering. So yeah, I think that, I mean, I think that a lot of people, for me anyways, that would, that's really what lends credence to people having these sightings, is people are just in absolute shock and awe of these creatures. You know, the, the people that are talking about, oh yeah, 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 no, I meet up with Sasquatch all the time in the woods and we, we trade uh, granola bars or whatever it's like yeah okay like whatever like this is something that we've been so ingrained and taught that is not real this bigfoot's not real bigfoot's not real you know you ask any most people on the street most people are gonna say no bigfoot's not real so once you come across something like this that is absolutely real it just shatters your entire world because then your brain's like oh my god what else is real because this thing is so yeah, no, I would be, I would be frozen in place. I, I honestly don't know what I would do.
1: I think I'd be in a state of shock. I think, if, I, I think Gimlin's on the, on, on the right course here. I'd be in shock too. Now, Patterson initially estimated that this creature was between six foot six and seven feet tall. Uh, that estimate later ranges to about seven and a half feet tall. Um now some people have said and even an anthropologist suggested that it was probably closer to the six six mark than it was the seven six mark um, now Gimlin estimated it was about six so wide variety of sizes here but I think six six is the half million now obviously, When you see the film, I'm sure, even if you don't like Bigfoot or you're unassociated with Bigfoot, you have seen this film before. But, the film shows a hairy, bipedal ape-like creature with short silvery brown or dark red brown hair, covering most of his body, including its prominent breasts. How did I never notice that Sasquatch was stacked?
0: Sasquatch is, is dummy, dummy thick. And, and that's one of the, the first aspects that I wanna bring up about the stabilized footage from 1967. Whenever you're watching through, it's, it's just a brief nine second clip. Whenever you're watching it though, whenever the creature turns, that very iconic stance, you know, the left arm is out, the right arm is behind. When it turns, I mean, there's very prominent mammalian breasts on this creature and i never noticed this at first like like you said and i don't think a lot of people did so this is a really interesting detail that again in my mind lends a lot of credence to this so if if you're going to make a hoax in the woods of this creature that's like basically a giant gorilla person are you really going to take the time to like oh yeah let's make sure that it's got a big old thick booty and it's got some big old mommy milkers. No. You're just gonna throw somebody in an in an ape suit and like, okay, just go walking along and you know, do whatever. So to me, like, the fact that this this detail, for me anyways, and yet you as well, wasn't really brought to light until recently. I mean this that just makes it more interesting to me because there's more details that are being found within this footage that you said is what, like 60 years old
1: now at this point? Yeah, it's pushing 60.
0: Yeah, so it's... that's insane. And then just, um, yeah, I don't know. That's so crazy to me that there's still details being found in footage that is this old. And it makes me excited for technology, like, especially like AI assisted things, because they're going to be able to go in and clean up this footage more and more and more and more. So I'm really excited for what they find further. I am too. That,
1: that's one thing about the progression technology, and we talked about this in the multiverse episode, kind of tangentially, but the more technology advances, I think the more evidence we're going to find of a lot of things, including Bigfoot. Now something about this film as well is that Patterson has estimated he was at most as close as 25 feet away from the which is amazing, first off, um, and they followed it. Now, everyone, I think, was trying to get their damn guns out at some point. Uh, I think Patterson and Gimlin were both trying to get guns out of their rifle to shoot it. But neither could do it. No one could point their rifle at the creature to shoot at it. Which I think is amazing. Um, but then they follow it. They followed it for quite some time, actually. Um, and then it, they lost it in... Uh, in the underbrush. So pretty damn crazy. Yeah. Like they got closed as hell. And I think this comes back also. You know, there's a lot of um Billy Badasses out there that say, oh I if I came with the big foot shoot it. It's like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to shoot something that's mind its own damn business.
0: Well, especially something like that. Like, you don't know what shooting it is going to do. You don't know if that's, if what you're carrying is going to have enough stopping power for something like that. Like, you don't know what's underneath that fur. You're just assuming that it's just straight up just flesh and blood. But You don't know what's underneath that. Like, for all we know, Bigfoot could have a freaking exoskeleton underneath its fur or something ridiculous. And the thing that always blows me away is very very avid hunters and outdoors people saying that they've had these creatures just straight dead to rights with rifles that should be able to handle bear and whatever they do there's just something about the creature something about them taking a shot at it just feels wrong it feels like you're pointing a gun at another human now, there's also been reports out there of people saying, yeah, no, I've taken a shot at one of these creatures before, and I know that I hit it. Eh, you know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but I just, I put a lot more stock in the people who say that there's just something about them that feels familiar. It just feels like a more authentic interaction. Like you said, you know, instead of the whole Billy Badass thing, like, oh yeah, give me a the freaking gun from Predator and I'll go mow down the entire forest and find one of you know okay whatever kind of thing but yeah it's the interesting thing too like I said the way that this encounter plays out is very textbook for how most Bigfoot encounters play out you know kind of thing like it's it's seen kind of observing them a little bit and then it comes into view and then just you know whatever it was It determined that they were not a threat. So then it was just like, ugh, I'm gonna go this way. There's some of these disgusting human kind of things. Because I think Gimlin is the one that said that there was just like on its face was oh Patterson actually I'm sorry characterized the creature's expression of of one of expression as one of contempt and absolute disgust. Like it was just like ugh, humans (laughs) grossly, which is kind of interesting too because. With that in mind, it kind of plays into the footage itself. Like, this thing's walking away like, yeah, you guys are no threat to me, whatever, but it still looks back like, ugh, gross. It just it just kind of makes me chuckle a little bit because that's, that's what humans do, that's what animals do. If they're walking away from something, there is that subtle point where they look back and just kind of like, okay, they're not following me anymore, so I think I'm good. But like I said, it, it plays out like most encounters There's the initial point where the people feel like they're being watched. There's the sighting, and then they lose it in just extremely heavy undergrowth or underbrush where people would not be able to go through. I'm talking like thorns, sticker bushes, like all this stuff that would just tear people up. And, you know, that's just how the encounters go. And a lot of them do go that way where the creatures just go to a place that there's no no possible way that a human could follow.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. Is this is a like Bigfoot's a smart creature, and I think that yeah, nothing could nothing could get me to shoot a Bigfoot. And I think if I encounter one, I'd freeze up just like in comparison. I think yeah, Bigfoot's too smart. I think. Like, from what we know of Bigfoot, I would be really surprised if someone could outsmart it. It's been dodging humans for centuries. There's no way that some jagoff from Alabama is going to bag a Bigfoot.
0: Now, I think we should talk about the, the aspects that do unfortunately lead people to believe that this is a hoax now of course patterson did not do himself any favors at all which after this this footage came out he made a little faux documentary kind of thing situation with like cowboys and native americans going into the pacific northwest to hunt down bigfoot which of course, you know, in most people's minds is gonna set off warning bells like, whoa, hold on a second, hold up, hold up, hold up. So you you have this encounter with this creature that you're saying is 100% real. Now you're making this, this completely fictional faux documentary kind of story. And it seems a little weird kind of thing. So I think that's where a lot of people's kind of um, inclination to believe that this is not real comes from and then of course too there's been people just randos can't remember any names right offhand that have just come out of nowhere and been like oh yeah no i was the person in the suit it's like who the hell are you and then that person just like disappears and stops talking about it it's like okay and then the footage still stands or oh yeah my grandpa says that he was the person that made the suit okay again who are you oh just decided to stop talking about it and again the footage still stands 60 years later so, what are your thoughts on all all of that kind of, I don't even know what to call it, like a <clears throat> snowstorm or clusterfuck of, of, like, all of the weird stuff that can lead it to looking like it is a hoax?
1: I, yeah, I think, so the immediate aftermath is, I think, some of the biggest bullshit. Because, like, yeah, I... I mean, Harrison did some some stuff after this that made it kind of seem disingenuous, but he never he never said it wasn't big, but Like he never said it was a hoax. And it had to be him or Gimlin that says it's a hoax. You know, I'm not going to believe anyone that wasn't explicitly there. Because if it was something that you know could be monetized, someone would have sued someone to get in on that You know, that's that's just greed in nature for them. Um, now one thing that happened immediately after the filming, though is they did get plaster casts and then it rained really heavily the next day. so that was you gotta admit that's a little convenient for oh we just found bigfoot we just hit plaster casts and then rain comes through to wash it out I think that's kind of rough for them and it kind of hurts their story um, but what's, what's really funny about this is that this film holds up so damn well in this movie. Like, it holds up so damn well. Um, they've had people look over it that are in the film industry. Uh, for instance, let's talk about Bill Munns. Bill Muntz is, reti- is a retired special makeup artist. Also, cameraman filming. Now he argues that some of the prior um, people that have looked over this, which are from like Universal Studios and Disney, they're not as knowledgeable. But they said Stuart Freeborn, who's a, who's a special effects artist, would have been preferable. Now all this to say, they didn't get him, but months it has said there's no way because he argues the film depicts a non-human animal not a man in the first series. so there's not much you can really do with that like this like a man in the um, film industry said this isn't awful and that was actually on an episode of Monster Quest which was my jam back then.
0: yeah that's one of my favorites as well <laughs> Yeah, the the big one for me that I heard about was um, Philip Morris. No, not the the cigarette cancer guy. Um, So this is the guy who came out and was like, hey, you know, I made the suit, you know, and under direction of Patterson, he told me to make the shoulders more massive, the arms longer kind of thing. And, you know, just make it seem unnatural and inhuman. Now, the weird thing about Philip Morris is this dude so he came out said this he offered no evidence at all that's it nothing just yeah i made the suit you got proof of that nope okay um interesting and then apparently he was talking about how he had like some footage that he made of the suit himself um that he was going to send send somebody in national geographic just to You know show them that he did make the suit again nothing because he said that he didn't have adequate time to prepare it and the middle of the month was his busy season and to this day as far as i know this guy has still not attempted to recreate the suit that was in this video so that blows up his his claim that he made the suit that's like i said that's the main one that i heard about I'm not going to lie, I was really upset when this, this guy first came out saying that. Um, it was 2002, if I remember correctly, Yeah, and I was really upset about it because, you know, it's something that was so important to me and got me into my love of cryptids. To have it feel like that rug was pulled out from underneath me, that the most conclusive evidence that there is of this creature was just a complete fabrication, it broke my heart quite a bit. But, you know, the more and more that I I, I stayed up on it, because in 2002, I was in high school, and um, <laughs> hopping on old America Online just to keep up on it. Like, okay, so, like, is this dude going to, like, release footage or what? Like, is, you know, let's get some pictures of the suit. If you made it, like, let's see another one. You know, if you made it, you should clearly be able to make another one. Nothing ever happened about it. And then a couple years later, I, I looked it up, probably when I was in college, and, uh, you know, it basically completely debunked himself like oh yeah 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 i did it but i'm not going to show you any proof that i did so so whew, jog on get out of here
1: do you like the planet of the apes movie you got the one from 68
0: charlton Hustle? i do actually yeah I, I i even am in the minority that likes the uh was that the tim burton one with Marky mark i really like that one too
1: we'll talk so we'll save that for what do you think of about- the What do you think of the makeup and the costumes for the apes?
0: So the interesting thing about it is they definitely towed the line very well of making it where the apes were humans stand-ins, basically. Like They made the humans look like apes. They did a very good job. Okay,
1: good. Now the reason I'm saying this is because John Chambers Yes, Academy Award winning monster maker John Chambers, who made the apes for Planet of the Apes, said in 1997 He's good, but not that thing. Stating he could not have faked the Patterson film. So I mean, you know, the king of making making people into apes can't do it. I doubt, you know, some asshole with a with a bear pelt could do it. That's what I'll say.
0: Yeah, even rick baker who is the notorious creator of harry and the henderson's creature effects had come out and said that initially that you know the 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 suit looked cheap you know fake fur you know kind of thing but then you know later on he kind of walked it back um many years later saying that he no longer believes that chambers was the one responsible for the suit apparently there was a rumor going around that John Chambers was one of the people responsible for creating the suit, which, as far as I know, Chambers is like, huh? No, I didn't do it. Like, so I think that's kind of an interesting thing that there's I mean, there's some big names that have been brought up to kind of talk about it. Like, Rick Baker's a huge name in Hollywood for his creature effects. And, you know, for him to kind of turn it around, like, yeah, I don't actually think that that was a suit. And then John Chambers, you know, the like you said, the the man who made Planet of the Apes, that made it so realistic, just like yeah, there's no way that that's there's no way that that's a dude in a suit. Like the crazy thing to me is, like I said, is just people are not even listening to these to these experts about it. They want to listen to crackpots that come out of nowhere and say they made it.
1: I mean, that's just America for you, in a nutshell. Uh, something I want to touch on. You mentioned Philip Morris. Um, he, his store, Morris Costumes, is about ten minutes. from here.
0: Oh, is it really?
1: And I know someone. I used to work with someone who bought a bunch of those costumes from Morris Costumes. Like he dressed up as the Grinch during Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, I doubt he listens to the podcast, so I can just say, those are some damn good costumes. No fucking, no fucking way could you fake a Bigfoot though. No, like but those are good costumes. You can,
0: you know, no way. Yeah, even some of the stuff he said about the way that the creature walks is like, oh yeah, no, you can do that with long clown feet. It's like, that's that's not okay. what, that's not what somebody looks like when they're walking around with clown feet, though. Like, have you literally never seen somebody walking around a clown feet? You're supposed to be this master costume maker. Like, it's anyways. Yeah, let's enough on, enough on Philip Morris. But yeah, I just think that it, this, like, it's, like we've said, like this footage is very very notorious there's people who look at it as the absolute end-all be-all gospel and there's people who look at it and still see a person in the suit like not even very long ago i was showing it to somebody and they were like oh you can see the zipper on the back like what in the hell are you even talking about (laughs) there's no zipper on the back like if there if there was a zipper on the back don't you think that the people who were like analyzing the film would have saw it like 20 years ago like yeah no you you random person in 2023 are the only person who can see it from this grainy ass video
1: yeah really um yeah i won't back on philip morris too much uh he, he seems to have a very successful costume store i was actually going to go down there i think with the to costumes easter's rapidly approaching and i want to make an asshole myself for everyone at my, at my new job but things i want to touch on and we'll talk about what we think about the film what's kind of sad is as um patterson was dying because he got a pretty aggressive leukemia as he was dying um he's he expressed regret him and give both expressed regret that they didn't shoot and not because they wanted to but because it would have saved him all the bullshit headaches because they'd have rather had a corpse to show than just video footage. Because obviously, with just a the video, they've gone through decades now of just bullshit. And I think that's kind of sad.
0: Yeah, it's pretty similar to the kind of garbage that Baba Lazar is still going through to this day. Like. That poor man, he he talks, he even mentions anything like remotely close to sounding like Area 51, and his business and his home get raided, which is, we've talked about that in our Bob Lazar episode, but that's just insane to me. Like the links that people will go to discredit people who have had what I would call legitimate encounters with things that are completely unexplained.
1: I have to agree. Uh, Bob Lazar is a sad story. And I'm glad he's still kicking, and I love that documentary. That was one of the coolest documentaries. Um, but Keith, what do you think? What do you think about that film? We've, both, Me and you have seen it a billion times. What is, what is in that film? What do you think it is?
0: 100% to me, that is a that is a Sasquatch. That is a female Sasquatch. Now, Looking at it with the stabilization of the footage, where you can see that it is a female, 100% that is still, up until somebody comes up with footage that's exactly the same, showing somebody taking off the mask, I mean, to me that is still the best evidence that we have, that these creatures absolutely do exist. What about you?
1: Yeah, I tend to fall a little skeptical on a lot of things. Well not a lot of things. Uh, like the high concept stuff like that a lot of fun I think Crop Circus kind of we both kinda of both felt Crop Circus wasn't too legit. This, like, the reason I'm always sold that big footage is because of this footage. And I think before I saw that episode of Monster Quest where they analyzed the film with Bill Munns, I would have said I'm about 6 out of 10 confident that's big but I'm now 10 out of, like that is, that is what I think one of the few things, or not one, one of the few times you capture Bigfoot on camera so clearly and just perfect,
0: I think it's perfect. Yeah, and what what do, what do people always say, especially skeptics? Well, if Bigfoot's real, why don't we have a clear video of it? we do you just just want to keep discrediting it and things of that nature but like you said earlier in the episode i'm really excited for technology to keep progressing because that that's going to mean that we're going to be able to eventually get that evidence that just locks locks it down where people are like wait hold on what what is that kind of thing like and You know there's a whole another generation coming up now you know of people who are being exposed to this video now that it's been stabilized and that's really exciting for me because one of those people could be inspired by the way that patterson was and you know what i'm gonna take this this camera that i have that's 4k 8 quick 8k quality i'm gonna take it out there and i'm gonna see what i can find and then we might have a new video that lasts another 60 years based on this one
1: yeah, I think so. I I think it's something that's given everyone a lot of hope for cryptozoology. I think it's something that gives everyone inspiration. It gave us inspiration, obviously. I mean, as small children, because thankfully we were both small children. We're not old enough yet to be old when we saw the piracy. And I think that's nice, is that we didn't have to... We weren't born in the 40s and saw it in our 20s. We were. I, I saw this when I was like 8 years old. And I've just been believing Bigfoot ever since, which I think is great. I think that's a hell of a that's a hell of a way to you know, start your childhood. And yeah, I hope as technology improves that we get better. I'm surprised drones, like a feel flying drones, haven't caught a Bigfoot yet.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised as well. But I think we'll have to put a pin in it because we're coming near the end of our episode here on the uh, Patterson-Gimlin footage. But uh yeah if you guys are more interested in us looking into specifically more deep dive analysis into pieces of evidence you know i think this was a really fun episode and i would love to do more of this now of course to you obviously please don't have us looking into bullshit videos of like you know the rake giving a handy to mothman or anything like that because we don't want to deal with that garbage but Legitimate like pieces of evidence. I would love to Continue to have episodes like this like maybe some latinus monster footage Just anything and everything like that. I think that would be really cool
1: Yeah, I think that'd be really fun as well and when we get back we'll finish with the multiverse then we'll talk about We'll talk about something fun we got something fun coming down the pike. We're gonna talk about thunderbirds after the multiverse So hang tight You'll hear this, then multiverse part three, then thunderbirds. Um, but until then, oddity is written and produced by me, Joe and Keith. All audio issues under respectful of Fair Use. And until next time, I am Joe. I am Keith. Take those cameras out. You never know if you'll find a Bigfoot or just some people. From-